1: Joe Vitale joins us now. Good morning, Joseph. I don't know if you had a chance to hear earlier, Brooke was giving us some unusual New Year's traditions that people have, like eating 12 grapes right after midnight or walking around the block with empty suitcases to uh, perhaps presage travel for the following year. Do you have any New Year's traditions that you and or your family participate in?
2: Yeah, that just sounds really weird, Brooke. Um, I, didn't hear it. I didn't hear it on the first take, but I'm glad. I, if I would have heard it on the second take, it would have been even weirder. Um,
0: Joey, these they're supposed to represent different things to bring you luck and prosperity for the new year. I'm surprised that you wouldn't at least give one of those a shot. What about, okay, this is another one I threw out there. Maybe this is more your speed. Wearing different color underwear that represents things for the new year.
1: Red, yellow, and orange underwear.
0: Red,
2: yellow. <laughs> Listen, guys. I'm just trying to get to lunch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joey's like, no way, <laughs> not doing any of that. I wake up.
2: I wake up every day. I just tell myself, how do I get to lunch today? <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm just grateful to have clean underwear. My wife does a great job with the underwear. So That's all I know. <laughs> what? what? I, don't any, I don't have anything specific like that, guys. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm kind of a day by day guy. That's the luxury I think of having multiple, uh, a big family and kids. You. I think that your time is sucked and the energy is sucked right out of you. Where <laughs> with that comes the creativity that's just, it's just gone in my life, but I'm just in survival mode right now. Joey, I appreciate v- the people who do that.
1: With, with the five kids, here's one thing that, uh, that we've done, and it's maintained uh, its tradition, uh, even though the kids are 29 and 26. Uh, we do an ice cream Sunday on New Year's Eve.
2: Hey, I really like that. No, I really like that a lot. I think that um, you know our ice cream tradition isn't New Year's Eve. It's it's multiple times a week. You know, this is one of the things I do with my kids. You know, I, I'm not a, I'm not home all that much, and I travel a lot. Obviously, with the Blues, and uh, I miss a lot of hockey practices. And I miss a lot of sporting events. So the one that uh, the one ice cream tradition we do have, Randy, although not on New Year's Eve, is when practices are over and I have a chance to coach them, like I did my son Harper last night out there at Team. Uh, it's it's a mandatory. It's not it's not if we're getting an ice cream. It's where we're getting an ice cream. You know, we live in Kirkwood, so there's multiple options. It's either a Clementines and Andes, or or my one of my favorite now, Overwise. Been, we've been tearing up Overwise, so we end up coming home and you know, obviously doing the the ice cream thing and getting a scoop, even when it's 20 degrees outside. And that's kind of become our thing as well.
1: Joey, the peanut butter and chocolate Overwise is the bomb. It's the best.
2: It, it's it's one of the greatest of all time. I am 1,000% with you. Uh, the cookie dough, you know what? Oprah Weiss has really good, too. Believe it or not, they have, like, the best bacon in the world. You go into their shop there or off Manchester and Rock Hill, they have bacon, they have uh, ice cream cake. I mean, and then here's the other thing. My wife drives me crazy on this one, too. Every year I ask for the same cake. She's, I don't get it. I go, just don't worry about it. Just give me the cake. The greatest ice cream cake out there is ice cream cake. Ice cream cake. You know what I'm Mm, talking about? Yes. It's it's the birthday cake, ice cream, birthday cake. That's a mouthful. It is, but I get it. Yeah, they have birthday cake, ice cream flavor, and they stuff it into a cake. It's birthday cake, ice cream, birthday cake. It is the greatest cake and all of the, and all of the, I think in the universe, I mean, if there's a universe out there and there's other debates on this, it, it would be it without a doubt. Take it out 30 minutes before you want to serve it up and it'll change your life.
0: Oh, I love that. I, I'm 100% with you on that. Well, Joey, I guess we'll ask you some Blues stuff here, but the Blues coming off a good win against the Dallas Stars. What did you see in that game? Because right now it seems the Blues are really continuing to roll under Drew Bannister, five and 5-1 now under him.
2: Well, they've had two come from behind victories in the last four, which is something they didn't do in the first twenty five games. So I think that that's one of the characteristics about this group that really stands out. You know, under under Craig Berube, not not in his whole tenure because they had some wonderful come from behind chapters under Berube, but just this year it just seemed as if they, they went behind, they got behind, they allowed that first goal. You just it was inevitable. It's almost like you can just fast forward the game because it was going to be a big L. And now with Bannister, it's just been a little bit different. I think his calm approach, his little bit uh, more stoic demeanor on the bench, I think has played well to some of the younger generation players we have here. And whether it be Thomas and Cairo and Buchnevich and maybe a Perunovic or, you know, let's just say a Joel Hofer, for example. So I think a lot of these younger players really are thriving under a more kind of passive coach than, than Craig Bruby, who ended up becoming, you know, just he's a, an aggressive guy, and that's what made him so great is he got the guys going, he rallied them on times, and and for whatever reason this time now, it's just been one of those things where this group is, is coming from behind and doing it very well. and they're, they're finding different ways to win games right now, Brooke, and that's what's what's great about teams that, that win and go the distance and win championships. You know, it's last game, if it was Joel Holford, The game before that, it was the second unit power play. I mean, you go two games before that, it's the top line of Robert Thomas. They were the best line on the ice, as they should be. So different ways, different people picking up the slack, and of course, finding different ways to win games is what good teams do.
0: As you mentioned there, it was a fantastic game for Joel Hofer, and I was listening to you in the game broadcast and the postgame show after that win against the Stars, and you had mentioned that you think we might see more of Joel Hofer here in the next few games. Do you think that that will still be the case?
2: Yeah, I mean, I said it the other night, and I, I still believe it. I mean, we're going to find out here in a couple hours. I'm heading down to the rink here in about an hour. We're going to see the morning skate. We're going to see what Drew Bannister decides to do. You know, one thing he's done is he's trusted his, his gut. He's had good impulses. Whether it be two games ago when he put out the second unit, they score a power play goal. Moments later, Chicago takes another penalty. He doesn't go back with the star players. He went back with the second unit. He asked, was asked that question at the end of the game and the day before. He said, Listen, I just—I had a gut. I had a hunch. I went with it, and it, and it worked out. And so this is a instinctual coach. I think he's going to go a lot with his gut. He's going to trust his gut. And I think if you look at the way Joe has played, not only last game, stopping 39 or 40, but go two games ago when he played the Florida Panthers and only allowed one goal, which was a fluke goal, by the way. I mean, it was a dump in off a stanchion that probably shouldn't have even gone in. So maybe it's a shutout in that game, technically. So he's been facing a lot of rubber. He's been under arrest, and I think that you know it's one of those things where this this coach has to keep riding this high horse because you look around the league and it seems like everyone in the Central Division just keeps winning. Everyone else is, is losing, and Central Division is winning. Uh, points are very hard to come by. I mean, the Blues right now 5-1 and one in the last six, but they're still kind of hanging on that playoff spot. So on, on the wild card with, with Arizona, a big win the other day against Colorado, and, and other teams around in Minnesota starting really to really pick up the slack. And you got to keep an eye on the MTA Oilers now in that wild card race, who is really starting to come to one again last night. So plenty of teams around them are winning. Points are so valuable, especially this time of the year. And I think that you you go with Joe Hofer again here tonight, continue to ride that hot horse and then give your starting goaltender um, a well-observed rest because he was terrific throughout the month of November.
1: Joey V, just my opinion, but I think when the NHL schedule makers get together to put together a league schedule, one of the things that should be like the foundation, what you start with is an off day for the Blues in Pittsburgh before you, the, they play so that Joey V can visit his old stomping grounds. I think playing on one night and then playing back-to-back the next night in Pittsburgh is just unfair for you.
2: I would rather I would rather begin my Christmas in Western Canada and then have to go back out to Western Canada after Christmas if it allowed me one day off there in Pittsburgh. I agree with you, Randy. Uh, it was one of the one of the sour spots on the schedule, and it's been a great schedule. Don't get me wrong. But there are certain cities you love going back to. Pittsburgh's one. Boston, obviously, with so much of my college uh, history there. And then the Blues winning the Team 7 Santa Cup championship there. So much wonderful uh, cities across the board. Uh, but with all said and done, I, I did have a chance to catch up with Sydney Crosby yesterday. I, I sent it off to the great friends over there at 101, Grant and Alex. They have it. They can You guys can use it at your will. A really awesome 13-minute conversation. It will be aired Tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night's game, uh, I think on the pregame show on Bally Sports Midwest, uh, we had a nice Zoom meeting, and it was a great hot stove. We shared wonderful moments from the past, uh, a lot of great laughs, and, and we got into the nitty-gritty because – you know, you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins when they play them on Saturday. I mean, you know, Sid and I, I joked him about this. I said, you know, you're not a spring chicken anymore. He's 36 years old and he's still humming along and clicking along and getting his points. And he's still one of the best players on the National Hockey League, but we all see it with Alex Ovechkin. I mean, one, one day it just kind of, the, the, the switch kind of flips and all of a sudden you're not as, as relevant. Maybe you're not as good as you once were and who knows when that's going to be for Sid, but it is inevitable at some point. So to sit down with him and really break it down and, and pick his brain and, and what makes him tick and, Um, Just a true, true leader and a guy that just continues to want to win. He's won it all. I asked him this question. I said, you've won it all. You've won three cups, world championship. You won Olympic gold, gold golden gold boy. I mean, you've done it all. What motivates you every day? And as simple as the answer was, I just, I still want to win. I love to win. I love to compete. And that's what drives me every day. So it's a cool interview and you guys can check it out tomorrow.
1: We will. And Brooke wasn't here when you told the Sidney Crosby superstition story. So next week, why don't we plan on you telling the the Sidney Crosby superstition? Because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners, too, that haven't heard it. We'll set, set that aside right now for next week so that you can tell that fantastic story.
2: Let's mark it. It's going to take about a good six. To tell it right, it's going to take about a good six to eight minutes, <laughs> yeah. Brooks. So heads up, but we're not going to get into too much hockey right off the hop there. But uh, it's a great story, and it really is uh, boils down not only his superstitions but his routine and how important it was for players around him to kind of facilitate that routine as well.
1: Joey V, love you. Have a great night tonight and a great trip and a happy twenty twenty four.
2: Hey, you guys as well. Happy New Year to you all. Love love our conversations every Friday morning. Makes my whole week and starts my weekend off great. And we'll be talking to you guys next week.
1: You bet. Thank you, sir. See you later. That is the great Joe Vitale here on 101 ESPN.